0: hello campus cronies welcome back to campus crime chronicles i'm your host dr nicole turner full-time college administrator part-time college professor but always a true crime addict in every episode of this podcast i take a deep dive into some sort of true crime that occurred on a school campus or a crime that's associated with a college or university in some way for each episode i rate the seriousness of the crime from one to five on my serious crime scale, with one being completely not serious, possibly even a little humorous from time to time, to five being very serious. This episode is rated a 1.5. Actually, I went back and forth between a solid one or a two rating, but ultimately I landed on a 1.5, because, well, you'll see why. So with that, let's all put ourselves back in college for a minute. Think back to those early years of going away from home for the first time, living on campus, making new friends, you know, truly embracing the college life. Well, what would you do if one of the friends you made in the dorm at college and hung out with every day turned out to be a complete imposter, like did not attend the school at all, but pretended like they did for nearly a whole year? (laughs) Y'all, that's exactly what happened in today's story, and boy, is it a doozy. This episode is titled, The Stanford Squatter. So without further ado, let's get started. October of 2022, the Stanford Daily broke a story that left everyone on campus shocked and befuddled, to say the least. After screenshots from a campus residential communication forum surfaced, reporters from the student newspaper got to work on some intense investigative reporting, and y'all, they discovered that a 20-year-old man by the name of William Curry was and had been living in the residence halls illegally and under false pretenses, For 10 months, nearly a whole year. After extensive interviews with multiple students and residential staff, reporters for the Stanford Daily discovered that Curry arrived on campus sometime in the fall of 2021. And Stanford University administration knew of his presence on campus since at least December of 2021. So here's what happened. William Curry is originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and he attended Vestavia Hills High School, a public school in a suburb of Birmingham. It was during his junior year there, in 2020, that he began telling his friends and classmates that he had been recruited to run for Stanford's track and field team. Now, at first, people in his hometown and his peers in high school were perplexed at his claim because, honestly, his times just weren't fast enough in comparison to athletes at Stanford. According to his online athletic.net profile, Curry's time for the 400 meters was at least a solid six seconds slower than other Stanford runners. According to Graham Johnstone, an actual student at Stanford who went to high school with Curry, people back in their hometown questioned whether Curry was telling the truth or not. Like, is this dude for real? Johnstone said, quote, people had suspicions. He wasn't that great of a student. His track times weren't near fast enough, Curry and Johnstone both went on to graduate high school in the spring of 2021. And then, Johnstone said, his suspicions about Curry waned when he actually saw Curry on campus at Stanford the following fall semester. Actually, Johnstone was living in the same residence hall on campus that Curry appeared to be living in as well. So Johnstone was convinced that Curry was indeed a Stanford athlete at that point. Johnstone said, quote, we took a picture together, sent it back home to, like, clear the confusion, settle the rumor, end quote. When Curry first arrived on campus, not as a student, but as someone impersonating a student, he took up residence at Stanford's Yost House or Yost House. According to the Stanford Daily, he lived in this dorm for several months before a resident fellow at the dorm caught on and called Stanford University Department of Public Safety or SUDPS so side note a resident fellow i think is like a step above an ra so for each dorm on campus there's like one or two resident fellows who are kind of above the ras or the resident assistants anyway at that point according to the reporting of theo baker the spotlight investigations editor for the stanford daily sudps removed curry and sent him on his way however curry just turned around and came right back to campus he just relocated to a different dorm. You see, soon after this, during the winter break in December of 2021, SUDPS discovered Curry living in a room in Robel Hall. But it wasn't a vacant room. It was another student's room. Stanford student Chase Parker was off campus because it was winter break, but he received a call from SUDPS informing him that they had found Curry in his room on the second floor. They originally told Parker that Curry had somehow accessed his room through the front door by bypassing the lock. But when Parker returned to campus, he noticed the screen to his window was broken, and he suspected that Curry must have actually accessed his room by somehow climbing through the window. Anyway, officers removed him from this second dorm, but at this point, they had not yet issued him any type of stay-away order from campus, at least not that I'm aware of. Apparently, they just let him go after he told them that he was an unhoused person and was just trying to seek shelter from the rain. Now, if you think this was going to keep Curry away from campus, obviously you'd be wrong, and we probably wouldn't be doing this episode. Because after the spring 2022 semester started, Curry was back at Stanford in yet another residence hall. As students moved in for a new semester, Curry did too. This time though, he moved into Murray house with a new story. He introduced himself as a transfer student from Duke university, and he began to integrate himself into campus social life. He created a Tinder profile that stated he was a Stanford student, and he started hanging out with various groups of students as well. According to the Tinder profile Curry set up, he described himself as a pre-med student at Stanford class of 2025, and he included several pictures of himself as well. One with him in a tux, another with him wearing a Stanford t-shirt, and others where he is posing alongside several Stanford students. Actual Stanford students. Curry also created an Instagram account, and his bio on the account stated he was studying neuroscience on a pre-med track and that he was a Coca-Cola Foundation scholar. But the Stanford Daily staff did their due diligence and looked into this. Curry's name never appeared on a public roster of Coca-Cola scholars, released by the foundation every year. During his time in Murray House, which is where he lived from January to June of 2022, so for quite a long time, students assumed at first that he was just a frequent visitor. Casey Logan lived in Murray House, and she explained, quote, "...it seemed that he was a friend of the football players, so anytime we saw him, we let him in because it was like he knew people." End quote. However, instead of spending time in a dorm room, which, I mean, he clearly did not have, he would mostly hang out in the computer cluster of Murray House or even alone in the dining hall. But regardless of his charade, Stanford students honestly didn't know what to think. On one hand, he seemed like a normal college student. He was fun and nice and charismatic. I mean, the guy never even wore the same outfit twice, which was pretty impressive for a dude with no place to legitimately live. But on the other hand, his stories kept changing and he would give a new answer every time someone asked about his background or where he was from. So they thought the whole thing was just, you know, odd. One student who lived in Murray House, Caden Luby, explained, quote, It just seemed very normal. Like, I thought he must live on the second floor because I knew he was not on the first floor. And I knew he didn't live on the third floor, so I thought he must live on the second floor. And then I found out that he didn't live on the second floor because we went down there and we checked all the names on the doors and we asked him, you don't live here? Like, why are you messing with us? End quote. As for the RAs and resident fellows on campus, specifically in Murray House during the spring 2022 semester, well, they simply thought he was a transfer student, a new resident, and they just didn't get an updated roster with all the people's names on it who lived there. But here's the thing. And this is why I rated the episode a 1.5. You see, while he lived in Murray House, which if you were keeping track, it was the third residence hall he had stayed in illegally. But anyway, while he was living there, he began dating an actual Stanford student. Now the student's name hasn't been revealed out of respect for her privacy and an abundance of caution. So I'll just refer to her as Jessica. According to the Stanford Daily, Curry and Jessica dated from December 2021 to the end of January 2022, so about two full months. Jessica told the Stanford Daily that when she first met Curry, he told her the story of being a transfer student from Duke, but he also said that he did not live on campus. Instead, he said he lived in an off-campus apartment, and he also said he was a Coca-Cola scholar. Hmm, sound familiar? Jessica said she believed him, though, because at that point, she didn't have any reason not to. In reality, though, Curry was carrying on his deception, pretending to live in Murray House. At times, he would even swipe other students' IDs to gain access to the dorm. According to Jessica, Curry also drank and gambled frequently, and he would make friends on campus by providing alcohol to students. Now, sources don't specify why Jessica and Curry ended their relationship, but afterward, according to Jessica, Curry began to stalk and harass her, so much so that she had to block him on every social media platform as well as on her cell phone in June of 2022. But, and here's where it gets kind of alarming... Curry allegedly remained logged into her iCloud or iMessage account and he began accessing her personal information, including private conversations and interactions she had during the summer of 2022. Apparently, he even messaged her and her roommates continuously using different phone numbers. But then, in August of 2022, Curry did something that Jessica could not shake off. He ended up accessing some messages that she had exchanged with another guy and Curry texted her saying, quote, Fucking me raw, then sucking inward, dirty bitch. He also texted her, change your password next time, ho. Jessica was so alarmed by these texts and invasion of her privacy that she reported Curry to SUDPS, alleging that he was stalking and harassing her. According to a Stanford spokesperson, however, SUDPS did not take any action against Curry. The spokesperson, D. Mostafi, told Washington Post reporter Susan Zverluga, quote, At the time, it did not appear that there was any actionable harassment or stalking. She also stated that she was not in fear for her safety, End quote. So while Curry was allegedly stalking and harassing his ex-girlfriend, he was also moving around on campus. According to the Stanford Daily, in May of 2022, Curry was caught by SUDPS again after moving from Murray House to East House. He moved this time because RAs and the resident fellow in Murray House caught on and kicked him out after he was caught sleeping in a female resident's room. I guess the student had left for the weekend, but when she returned to campus, she found Curry in her bed. Um, awkward (laughs) and also scary, right? Anyway, it wasn't until this fourth time Curry was caught that Stanford administration began actually communicating about Curry's charade. A neighborhood program director at Stanford, a woman named Rochelle Yates, emailed the resident fellow from Murray House, Matt Snipp. In the email, which was dated May 31st, 2022, Yates said, quote, Will Curry is not a student at Stanford. He has previously trespassed in Roble and now was caught living in East this weekend. Currently, DPS has a stay away mandate out on him. If your staff sees him, there is no need to confront him. Just call 911 and they will stop by, end quote. Based on this documentation and other source material, I'm not sure where Curry stayed for the remainder of the summer, you know, once he was kicked out of the most recent living quarters, East House, at the end of May. But by the time the fall 2022 semester began, which was a new school year altogether, Curry returned to campus yet again, back to East House. Wow, can we say brazen? Stanford student, Caden Luby said, quote, he showed up really early, like when the athletes move in. RAs just assumed he was an early move in athlete that they didn't have the paperwork and they weren't updated by res ed, end quote. And just a side note, res ed is like residential education or like residential life. This time though, Curry went back to his original story that he was on the track team. According to the Stanford Daily, RAs at East would often speak to him and even fist bump him. But suddenly, they stopped seeing him around after they noticed a window covering was unscrewed and they had it repaired. Apparently, Curry also left toiletries and other belongings behind in the community bathroom. But this still didn't stop Curry from still remaining on campus. By the beginning of September, Curry had moved into Crothers Hall, the fifth and final dorm he'd stay in until he was ultimately caught once and for all. Or... I should say, before the Stanford Daily got word of this student imposter who was squatting all over campus and broke the story university-wide. Anyway, Curry actually moved into the basement of Crothers Hall, which was a designated area that provided temporary housing for students. And apparently, the RAs and resident fellow at Crothers assumed he was one of those students who had been placed in the basement temporarily, which is how he was able to live there for at least half of the semester without raising any suspicions. Plus, RAs did not have access to a dorm roster for students residing in the basement, despite their multiple requests to get one from administration. According to a residential communication forum, several RAs released a statement saying, quote, The Crawthers basement has temporary rooms that the university uses for students requiring a transition in housing, e.g. a maintenance issue that makes it unsafe to stay in a room. On several occasions, we've asked for a roster of residents living in the basement and have been told that the request couldn't be accommodated because it would be a student privacy violation. Without such a roster, we ultimately can't verify who should and shouldn't be in the dorm. This is a policy we have pushed back against and will continue to push back against. End quote. So, while Curry was living in the Crowther's basement, he met tons of students and interacted with many of them. One student, Olivia Roddy, said she remembered the day she saw him. She explained, quote, We had been baking brownies in the kitchen with a group of us, and he walked in and introduced himself. We fed him brownies, and then eventually he gave us a room tour of his room in the basement, end quote. Now, most of the students he socialized with said he did not feel threatening or obtrusive or anything like that. But the student who lived next door to him in the basement of Crother's Hall said otherwise. Sophie Shu was the only other occupant in the basement at the time, and she told reporters for the Stanford Daily that she believed he tried to force his way into her room when she and her friend were inside. Shu said, quote, Someone knocked violently on my door and was like, Is anyone in here? And proceeded to try to undo my lock. This went on for three to four minutes, end quote. And Hsu explained, The voice on the other side of the door definitely sounded like curry. Not long after this, Curry's act fell apart when a TV in the basement went missing. The Stanford Daily reported that the metal security cable had been cut and the TV was removed from the common area. Now, I have no idea how they discovered that Curry was the culprit or like how they were able to prove it or whatever, because no source material explains those details. So I'm not sure if they found the missing TV in his room or what, But somehow, the missing TV led RAs and the resident fellow to Curry, and needless to say, the jig was up. On October 27, 2022, SUDPS kicked Curry out of Crothers and off campus, and he was officially issued a stay-away order. He was then told that he would be arrested if he returned to Stanford. Once the news broke, students who had interacted with Curry were stunned. Olivia Roddy, the one who made him brownies, said, It was shocking just realizing that he lied to us. We just went along with it. We totally believed him. We were panicking about being put in the Crowther's basement next year. And remember Graham Johnstone, the Stanford student from Alabama who went to high school with Curry? He said he was pretty shocked to find out Curry was carrying on such an elaborate lie for as long as he did. Johnstone said, Part of me doesn't believe it's actually for real, just because this is a story that has been spanning for three years." Now, once Curry was caught after this TV incident, you'd think that they would have arrested him for trespassing or violating the first stay-away orders that he clearly disregarded. But nope, not even close. That's because Stanford wasn't very transparent with their course of actions, or even very actionable at all. So let's recap the timeline, shall we? First, Curry was removed by SUDPS from Yost House or Yost House after a resident fellow realized he was not a resident or a student. That was in the fall of 2021. Shortly after, they removed him from Roble Hall after he was caught sleeping in a student's dorm room during the winter break. Both times, according to source material, Curry was simply removed by SUDPS but not given a stay-away order. Then, in May of 2022, Curry was caught in a female student's room while she was away for the weekend. That was in murray house from there curry went to east house but he ended up basically getting locked out and was forced to go elsewhere that's when he went to the crothers hall basement and set up his own room which was technically the fifth place he lived or stayed on campus until he was accused of taking the tv so by my records i count that sudps removed him from residence halls at least three times three different times so why didn't they do more to prevent him from returning to campus According to a Stanford report released on November 2nd, 2022, the first time Curry was found living in a dorm, he was cited for violating the law and removed from campus. Since then, though, according to the report, quote, the SUDPS has obtained multiple stay away letters, a prerequisite to citing someone for trespass on campus, to present to him, but they were unable to locate him until the incident on October 27th, end quote. Um, Okay, Stanford, you said you were unable to locate him, but your police department literally removed him on more than one occasion. So, looks like locating the dude wasn't really the problem. Communication, on the other hand, was. Bottom line, the reason he was able to move around campus to so many different dorms is because of lack of communication. For starters, each time Curry was caught in his act, official communication from Stanford would only be exchanged among residential staff in the specific dorm he was being removed from. Sometimes DPS would get involved, and other times the residential staff would handle it on their own. To me, this all could have been avoided at like a monthly meeting or something. I mean, I would assume that residential education at Stanford could have easily communicated the first one or two incidents involving Curry with all of the resident fellows and RAs. Like, they should have said, hey, this is what happened, so we need to keep an eye out for this dude and be extra vigilant. Also, here's a picture of what he looks like. Don't let him stay in your dorms because he is not a student. But no, this type of communication didn't happen. In fact, official university-wide communication about Curry didn't come until after October 27th, when Curry was accused of stealing the TV and the Stanford Daily broke the story. When communication did come, it was in the form of an official Stanford report. In the report, university administration acknowledged the issue and promised to implement changes. The report, in part, said, quote, While Stanford has protocols and policies in place to prevent non-students from entering and living in our residences, The unique aspects of this case and Curry's persistence and ability to integrate himself with our student community have made it clear that gaps exist in those protocols. We have undertaken a review to develop our procedures and prevent this type of incident from happening again. End quote. So some of those new procedures would include, or were supposed to include, 1. Ensuring information is shared with residential staff across campus. 2. ensuring local residential staff are apprised of authorized temporary residents, 3. ensuring local personnel are notified when a student is assigned to a guest room, and 4. ensuring lockout requests are handled by professional staff who should always verify the student's identity and housing assignment. Shortly after the story broke and Stanford issued this report in November of 2022, the Spotlight Investigations editor for the Stanford Daily, Theo Baker, actually secured an interview with William Curry himself. According to Baker's reporting, Curry said he really couldn't give an answer as to why he posed as a student and let his charade go on for so long. Curry said he was, quote, just living the normal Stanford life, meeting people, socializing, as you do in college, end quote. But Curry did admit to lying to people back in high school about being recruited to run for Stanford's track and field team. He also claimed that his parents believed his act, too, that he had them convinced he was off at college, you know, at Stanford. And while he confirmed most of the allegations against him regarding all the different places he squatted, he adamantly denied harassing or stalking his ex-girlfriend, Jessica. He even suggested that she had, quote, fake numbers that she's using, saying I texted her when I have no contact with her, end quote. However, Baker reported that the Stanford Daily was able to confirm that it was Curry who sent all those texts to Jessica because she provided documentation of the texts. The Daily staff confirmed that Curry even identified himself as Curry in the texts as well. Baker also asked Curry how he was able to keep up his charade for so long. As in logistically and functionally, how did he even afford it? And Curry said he made money by playing competitive poker and trading cryptocurrencies. So, I guess while the actual Stanford students were in class, he was hiding somewhere in a dorm on a computer doing all of that. And as for any remorse about what he did, specifically in regard to illegally squatting on campus for 10 months, misrepresenting himself, and technically invading other residents' privacy, well, Curry said, quote, I don't have anything else to say about that. Most people I've talked to don't think it's that big of an issue, end quote. But... Here's the thing. <laughs> it appears that after all this was said and done, Curry came back to campus once again. Yep, that's right. The Stanford Daily reported in April of this year, 2023, so just like a couple months ago, that Curry was likely back to his antics. According to Theo Baker's reporting, two Stanford students, Tom Ramsey and Emmanuel Adamiec, said they were headed to the lounge in Murray House to play a game of pool around midnight. But when they got there, the door to the lounge was locked, which was odd because it could only be locked from the inside, not the outside. So they wondered who could be in there so late with the door locked when the lounge was typically vacant. But suddenly, a man approached the door from inside the lounge, and Ramsey and Adamiac were pretty sure it was William Curry. Apparently, Curry had been watching poker videos on the TV in the lounge. The two students said Curry introduced himself as David. Well, David just happens to be Curry's middle name. Anyway, Curry struck up a conversation with the students, specifically discussing the TV show Suits, in which one character on the show pretends to be a Harvard student. The two students also said Curry told them that his personal philosophy was deny, 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 and he later admitted that he wasn't from the dorm, but was, quote, just doing his due diligence, end quote. To me, however, what was most alarming about this encounter with Curry is that he was still talking about his ex, Jessica. Ramsey and Adam said he quickly turned the conversation to a woman, which they quickly understood to be an ex he had recently dated. He even identified the residence hall where his ex lived, which was in fact the same one that Jessica was in during that time. So after looking up photos of Curry online, both Ramsey and Adam were positive that the man they met was Curry. At first, they weren't sure because he now had grown a beard and was sporting a Stanford and government ball cap, almost to try to disguise himself. But once they realized he was indeed William Curry, they notified their residential assistant that they believed he was back on campus. The RA then notified the residential fellow at Murray House, Matt Snipp, who in turn notified other residential staff. But before I wrap up this episode, let me just tell you Stanford's response to this most recent encounter with Curry. Louisa Rapport, or Rapport, a Stanford spokesperson, wrote in an official email, quote, "...our preliminary findings strongly indicate recent sightings of Curry were unsubstantiated. The Vice Provost for Student Affairs and DPS have yet to receive reports from anyone who has recently seen William Curry on campus." We strongly encourage anyone with information about suspicious activity to let their resident fellow or resident director know immediately or call 911." End quote. As far as legal ramifications go, a letter dated November 8, 2022, from the Office of the District Attorney of Santa Clara County, stated that the DA issued a criminal complaint against Curry for his intrusions on campus last year. However, any progress on that complaint is currently unknown. As for Curry, the daily staff reached out to him again after his most recent visit to campus in April, and he downplayed the whole thing. He said, quote, It was a fun first day on campus. I came back one day to see someone. There's no questions to be asked, end quote. Okay, y'all, that officially brings us to the end of Chronicle 52. Be sure to check out my social media where I always post photos associated with each case and episode. You can find me now, you can find me, at Campus Crime Chronicles, on both Facebook and Instagram. Or you can go follow my personal account on Instagram as well, at Nicole K. Lynn. That's K-A-L-Y-N-N. Also, y'all, I am thrilled to tell you that I finally have over 100 reviews on Apple Podcast. I finally reached that goal, and it's all because of you, my listeners. So, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. But now let's get to 500 or 1,000 or more. (laughs) Seriously, y'all, we can do it. There are at least 1,000 people, 1,000 of you who listen to this podcast every two weeks, at least. So even if half of y'all would go onto Apple Podcasts or even Spotify and leave a rating or review, that would help me out tremendously. It would just like bump Campus Crime Chronicles up in the algorithm and, you know, like it would start suggesting my podcast as something that people would like. So... Help me grow the podcast and keep those reviews coming. And thank you again for helping me get to 100. Okay, well, that's all for today. So bye for now. Campus Crime Chronicles is researched, written, and recorded by me, Nicole Turner, and it's edited and produced by G.R.E. Gassaway. Tune in again in two weeks for the next Chronicle.